Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And we're glad you are. Welcome to the Southern Bank Corps studio here in Hattiesburg. Bob Getty and Kelly Santer, Luke Johnson in the Southern Bank Corps Laurel Studio. Glad to have you on the Eagle Hour. Great show today. Baseball coach Travis Creel about to join us. Patrick McGee from NOLA.com on the show as well. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue. Great supporters of our program and Southern Miss Athletics. Uh, Justin and the gang do a fabulous job cooking fresh, delicious barbecue seven days a week. They'll cater any event for you as well, large or small. Quick reminder, too, we're going to be at Ramey Motors in Purvis tomorrow. Kelly and Michael Murgens will be down there with uh, with Dakota and all the guys. So we're looking forward to that. Patrick McGee joins us a little later from New Orleans. But right now, we're happy to bring on the assistant baseball coach and uh, hitting coach, Travis Creel, to the Eagle Hour. And uh, Coach Creel, welcome back to the show. We're glad to have you. I appreciate y'all having me, man. Uh, exciting times, getting getting cranked up. So good to be here. Yeah, real quick side note. I was out at the ballpark uh, earlier today, and uh, my gosh, it's just beautiful. You know, the uh, the new lights are up. The baseball field looks immaculate. The new sign is up. Re- reconstructed uh, stuff all along, fresh wood all along the uh, right field roost, new backstop. It must be pretty exciting right now, Travis. It is, and Coach Barry does such a good job of, of keeping this place up to date. Obviously, uh, not here yet, but the new scoreboard – is going to be really nice. It's going to really make this thing pop. So uh, we're really excited about that. Hopefully, uh, hopefully that'll be here um, not too far into the season. But uh, I think the timetable is still a little unknown. February eighteenth, uh, we'll be out there. Uh, we open against North Alabama. Then we have South Alabama at home, Jacksonville State. And before the other guys get involved here, I want to ask you about this stretch of the schedule that Coach Barry put together from March the second. Through March the 20th, let me remind our fan base, we play Mississippi State, three games at Louisiana Lafayette, South Alabama, Tulane, three games at Dallas Baptist, Alabama, three games against Florida Atlantic. Uh, Travis, the team's got to get going pretty quick, don't they? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's not a, that's not an easy stretch there. But, uh, you know, that's what, you're, that's what you're looking for when you're a competitor. Uh, you, you want to play the best, and you know, still you want to, you want to be the best. You got to you got to beat the best. And uh, for you non-college baseball uh, fanatics, Dallas Baptist is a is a very well-known program. I think you know y'all were talking about earlier. I heard y'all talking about the winning percentages. Um, I think they were in the top ten the last six years as well. So, yeah, it's a tough stretch, but we're looking forward to it. Talk about that, Luke, the winning percentage of Southern Miss baseball here in the last year. Yeah, just years. Uh, out of College Baseball Insights, it's a, uh, a Twitter profile that, that talks about different statistics. So a uh, winning percentage of all D1 NCAA baseball programs since 2017, Florida at number 10 with a 68%, Dallas Baptist at 9 with a 68.2, Vanderbilt 8 with a 68.6, Navy with a 68.7, and who's number six? The Southern Miss Golden Eagles, a 69.9% winning percentage since 2017. 
Yeah, that's something, isn't it? Uh, and, then, you know, I think there's pushing 300 Division One baseball schools. I don't know the exact number. I tried to run 300, though. But, yeah, it's one thing, you know, Coach Berry, uh, you know, preaches and, and establishes in the program is consistency. You know, he says it all the time. Anybody can, can, can do it for a year or two and then, you know, make a regional or make a little run. But it's the, it's the schools that do it year in and year out. And, uh, you know, that's the, that's the real program. So, he uh, he wants the consistency, and that's what he preaches, and, and uh, that's what he's done since he's been here. I want to ask you uh, about a couple of specific guys, but we just want to compliment you. I haven't talked to you since you swept the Fall World Series, so whatever the other guys were doing, you took the right draft approach. <laughs> yeah, I think looking back, he had some regrets on the draft, um, <laughs> but uh, that was fun. I told uh, I told somebody it was. Uh, I redshirted and then played four years here, and then I coached. It's my third year coaching. That was my first black and gold win. So I think I was 0 7 coming into this year. So that was a big, a big moment for me. Well, Ben Brewer's <laughs> the new guy. He's got a long way to go. So just tell Coach Brewer to take your strategy. All right, um, coming in, and uh, we don't want you to tip your hand hand too much, but uh, guys, maybe three guys that you've been really impressed with with their progression and, and guys that Southern Miss fans should should watch out for in 2022? Oh, yes. Tough question. Um, I think one one big one for me I'm really excited about is Will McGillis. Um, you know, started off the year last year really slow, ended it. I think he had a home run in the last four or five games of the year. Um, you know, finished on a tear in the regional. But still, you know, at the end of the year, hit around that 230 mark, and, and this year – um, he's taking some big steps forward. Um, I think I, I'm really excited to see uh, what, what he's going to do. Um, Dustin Dickerson was probably our best hitter this fall. I think he was right around the 360 clip, uh, batting average wise. Um, he's just, you know, he, he's just so consistent with his swing, and he's such a competitor. I mean, the one thing about Dustin, I think if you ask any coach on our staff, the first word to talk about Dustin Dickerson's competitor. So he's going to get in there, compete, and have really good abs, and. Uh, you know, another one I think is coming a long way and, and had some really, really uh, good swings early this this uh, winter, spring break, is uh, Reese Ewing. Um, you know, I think he started around 50 games for us last year. And he had some good moments, but he had also had some moments where there was some there was some lulls. So, uh, excited. Those three are, are three that come off, you know, top of my head. But maybe the fans aren't, uh, you know, they didn't, not, not the Montenegros and the Lynches uh, of the world. I want to ask about you, you mentioned Reese Ewing, uh, Coach Creel, and I got to see you and Coach Ostrander speak to the Hattiesburg Sertoma Club last week. And and what are you guys feeding those guys? Because Reese Ewing, I saw him out at the dog park with his beautiful black lab, and that guy looks like he is a linebacker, could play linebacker. And Coach Oz was talking about what a great job your your strength and conditioning guys. These baseball players that you guys have don't look anything like the baseball players of twenty years ago. Man, what's yeah, up? Well. Yeah, our guy, our guy is a stud. I, you know, it's, it's really hard in college baseball to, to have a consistent strength coach, um, and it is really hard to have a consistent good one. Um, so we've had him, you know, go. This is his, be his third season. He, uh, from the weight room standpoint, is unbelievable. Our guys get get so much stronger. Um, Matt Adams, a pitcher, I actually saw him yesterday. I was like, dang, man, you look big, man. How, how much bigger you got since you since you came to school here? And he said he gained forty five pounds, and he's a He's a third-year player, so he uh, Coach Mack is actually his birthday today. So happy birthday, Coach Mack! But um, he does a great job with that. But I think even more on top of it, from the discipline and the culture and the hardworking uh, atmosphere he creates from a mentality standpoint as well. I mean, he just 
he brings a lot to the table. And you're, you're the hitting coach, obviously, for the Eagles. And the late, great Julian Mock, who was a longtime hitting coach for the Cincinnati Reds, said the toughest thing about being a hitting coach is there is no one right way to hit. You know, you've seen some guys with some pretty ugly stance and pretty ugly swings that go up there and do it pretty well. So how do you approach your job, Travis? Yeah, there's no doubt. I, mean, I think there's, there's some coaches out there who kind of did the cookie-cutter approach, and uh, I try to I try to let our guys be who they are. Um, but you're right. I mean, you see it all the time, especially in college baseball. you got guys with, with beautiful swings who, who don't hit, and you got guys with jacked-up-looking swings <laughs> who, who really hit. Um, yeah. But, again, it goes back to that mentality, that compete mode. You know, I think uh, if there's one thing I hope I hope that I'm, I'm helping our players with more than their swing, it's, it's the mentality, it's the approach um, they take to each at bat. All right, Travis, a couple of minutes left. I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Luke just points out that Southern Miss has the sixth highest winning percentage uh, in the country over the last 10 years. We all know uh, what a storied program has been built there. Does it irritate you as much as it irritated me to see that we were ranked in the top 25 in only one of the three major polls. What, what's up with these people that don't put us in the top 25, Travis? Yeah, I don't know. That was, I'm going to be honest. That was a little surprising for me. Um, I will say this. I think, you know, on paper, um, what they're probably seeing is you lose three of the best pitchers in the conference and the best position player in Reed Trimble, Ryan Ock, Hunter Stanley, Walker Powell. Those are they're four big losses, man. I mean, let's not let's not hide from it. I mean, it is. It's, it's three really good arms, and Reed was probably one of the best players I ever played here. He loved the country in RBIs, uh, you know, seventeen homers and all that. But at the same time, I think you know what we're looking at is we think uh, not necessarily replacing those guys, but we think if everybody can get a tick better and um, from the pitching standpoint, and, and every position player take a little step forward. I think our lineup can be much longer last year, even without Reed. Just because you know, I think the bottom's going to be better than it was last year. And I think, uh, from a pitching staff standpoint, yes, we lost those guys at the top, but I think we're going to be longer at the bottom too. So uh, that's that's my guess is they probably saw those four names not on our roster anymore, and uh, yeah. probably thought there'd be a lot to you know refill. But you know, we know our we know our roster, we know our team, and, and we like where we're at. Right, and I'm not going to ask you to say this. I'll say it for everybody. Just, just it's BS. I mean, that's that's just <laughs> simply what it is. Everybody that follows college baseball knows that Southern Miss is a top 25 program. I, I, I think that goes without saying. And Coach well, Creel, if we don't win the conference this year, it better not be because we don't hit, young man. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Travis. Thanks a lot, man. We appreciate you being on the show. I appreciate you guys. All right. Travis Creel, everybody. Hitting coach at Southern Miss. And just a fine young man. We'll be back. Uh, We're going to track down Patrick McGee. Lots to talk about. Big news about Larry Fedora. We'll be right back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. I want to thank Travis Creel for joining us. Exciting to talk about college baseball and, of course, Southern Miss baseball right around the corner. Yes, they are a perennial top 25 team. Hey, breaking news. Former uh, Southern Miss football coach Larry Fedora is now officially 
the new head coach of the USFL New Orleans Breakers. And speaking of New Orleans, that's where Patrick McGee, our good friend, is. And uh, Patrick, uh, this news just broke, but, uh, you know, it, it puts a smile on your face. And uh, it's kind of exciting to think about Larry Fedora coaching the Breakers. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually more excited about Larry Fedora coming than Sean Payton going. So uh, <laughs> it's it's just, wow. I mean, yeah, y'all told me I'd, I'd been so busy. I've got Sean Payton, Sean Payton brain this week. I hadn't even – actually, I, I think it was this morning. I was like, they haven't announced the coach yet for the Breakers. Yeah. And uh, and y'all informed me just before we came on that uh, he's, he's the head coach of the Breakers. And uh, small world, I guess that's the best way to put it. Yeah, I, I, that would draw some Southern Miss fans down there to be my guest when they start playing in New Orleans. Yeah, sure, sure. And yeah, I, I need to – yeah. I always thought that the, that the professional game – would be a perfect fit for Fedora. Well, now we're going to see, right? Because he's got that colorful personality. You know, he's he's a, yeah, he's a coach, yeah. but he's an entertainer as well. You know, kind of guy. And I think former NFL coach Jeff Fisher of the Titans is going to coach a USFL team. And I, I someone told me Patrick that the uh, the coach at Louisiana Tech that just got let go is going to be coaching a USFL yeah, uh, team. Yeah, Skip Holtz is going to be the coach of the Birmingham team, which would be good for him because all the games are going to be played in Birmingham this season. So. Right. Uh, he'll get to be kind of the marquee dude there in Birmingham. All right, so new coaches coming in, but obviously the big news was after 15 years, Sean Payton retires. Did this take everybody by surprise? Uh, was there any was there mumbles throughout the year that he was going to step down? Well, I, I don't. You know, I think Payton did a pretty good job of keeping it in a small circle uh, as far as his contemplating retirement. Um, you know, it had kind of popped up on occasion, but nobody really took it seriously. I think over the weekend, people started to think about, you know, what's going on. And uh, then Rappaport came out and said that he didn't let the team know, which that didn't really kind of raise a huge red flag for me. That's, you know, that could be really any coach uh, these days. And, you know, uh, coming off a tough season, you just need a few days to decompress. And But it's obvious Peyton had been considering this for pretty much whole, all season. And, uh, and, you know, it, when you're, when you're kind of burned out or tired, you know, he'd been there 16 years, uh, it makes sense, but I think he did a good job of kind of keeping it under wraps. Mm-hmm. And, but whenever I saw what Gail Benson said, uh, you know, whenever they asked her, I think it was on Monday, uh, Hey, is Sean Payton, you know, let y'all know or, or whatever is there, what do you expect? And she, <laughs> she was very uncertain. So that kind of really kind of uh, told me that this thing was could go either way at the very least. He could have coached there as long as he wanted. Am I right about that? Oh, yeah, no doubt. Uh, it would have Things really would have had to go, uh, gone haywire for him to get fired. Uh, he, he, yeah, I mean, he could, have, he could have coached there in those 15 years probably. So is the consensus, Patrick, that he's going to take the year off? Is he going to head the, to the broadcast booth? Or he's really, really tied – to the Dallas Cowboys, you know, from past relationships, could that is that something to watch? I, you know, I don't think so. I, everything he says, and uh, he's been pretty open, uh, even in the press conference, the radio interview this morning with Dan Patrick. Uh, he, he's really clear about his interest about being in TV. Uh, I, you know, I, I think he wants to give that a go. I think he does need a break. Um, I just, you know, I, I, I would be. He says that you know he doesn't. His heart's not in it. And he just doesn't expect – I don't think he'll be coaching anywhere in 2022. Now, 
you know, he says he's leaving that door open. And I think he probably will. Uh, but, you know, these days, if you're wanting to get a prime job with the TV network as a game analyst, they're asking for a serious commitment. Uh, you know, it's another thing to maybe work in studio or do some other stuff, and that they're a little bit more flexible on that. But if you want to be the next Troy Aikman or Tony Romo, uh, that they're going to want to, you know, want you to be around for a, a good long time. So he's got some decisions to make, but it sounds like he wants to give TV a try. And based on his former experience as a head coach with the with the then Oakland Raiders, does the defensive coordinator with the Saints, Dennis Allen, become candidate number one to take his place? <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, it makes sense if you want to roll with this group who played pretty well when they were all on the field uh, together. Uh, he and P- P. Carmichael know this roster well and, and know how to get them to play well. I mean, he was the, he was uh, Dennis Allen was the coach on the sideline whenever they beat the Buccaneers 9 to nothing. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, it makes sense. Uh, this is not a team that's going to go out and, and really revamp the roster. Uh, they're going to try to build around that core that – uh, played really, really well at times this season. So uh, my expectation is he'll be the favorite. That doesn't mean he's the guy. I mean, they've got some quality candidates, you know, Byron Leftwich. Uh, I think there was reports out that he was going to be the guy for mm. the Jaguars, but apparently that's hit a, a snag, and apparently the Saints have requested the interview Leftwich. So, uh, I mean, he would be a really solid candidate <laughs> as well. Give me the Saints over the Jaguars if I'm a head coach. All right, Patrick, you may need to console Luke. I, I think he's been pretty down about this news. So, yeah, I, I was talking to a buddy yesterday, Patrick, and, of course, the two names that pop up are Leftwich um, and the enemy from, uh, from from Kansas City. But, you know, the more, more I talk about it, the more I kind of bounce around in my head. Uh-oh, Sorry, but I'm here now if y'all lost me. Okay. And anyway, all Sam was, uh, you know, Leftwich and then uh, the enemy, the, o- the OC for the Chiefs, kind of the two names that the hot, you know, uh, coordinators guys that are looking to, to be a head coach. But, the, you know, the more I think about it is Dennis Allen obviously did not have near about the roster that, that these guys did. And right. Mickey Loomis has been like big culture, big culture. You've got this roster. You've got key pieces in this roster. Uh, quarterbacks kind of, you know, what what are they going to do? they they got several options, I think, in the draft or, or even with Jameis. And it almost seems as if uh, you, you stick with what's working inside the building so if if Allen were to be promoted, I mean, is it going to be like where technically he's in charge of the defense? Uh, you feel like you know with him doing that, he'll let Carmichael do what he wants to on offense. Can Pete Carmichael, you know, keep the uh, the offense going without Sean Payton? That's a good question. I mean, uh, you know, Carmichael obviously has experience calling plays. Uh, there's no doubt that he can kind of go in there and run the offense. Um, but you know, is he the dude that he is he the guy that that's that you really rely on going forward to run that offense. You know, you feel pretty good about Dennis Allen. And how he structured that defense, he'll probably hire a defense coordinator. If not, uh, Richard, I think he's in the coaching secondary was a candidate for the uh, uh, Steelers D.C. job. Maybe he can t- talk him into staying. And those two guys can work well together and, and worry about the defense. But, it, yeah, I mean, that's that's my thought. I mean, I, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, but, you know, but you don't know until you ask Dennis Allen what his vision is, you know. And I'm sure Allen and, and Mickey Loomis will talk together about what kind of vision they have together. And, and they want, you know, as Sean Payton says, they, he wants the next head coach to be himself, you know. Uh, you would expect Dennis Allen to make some slight changes to the staff just because I'm sure there's guys out there that he's worked with that he would like to bring in. So there's just a lot of questions unanswered. 
uh, whether it would just be a, a situation where they could just move move ahead as a staff and just hire a new whatever linebackers coach or whatever. It's it's a possibility, but as we all know, this this game can be kind of fluid and the coaching profession can kind of bounce around a little bit. So uh, there are no certainties, but it does make a lot of sense to kind of move ahead with the staff as is with Dennis Allen as head coach. I'm sure this took New Orleans by storm. This news, though, right, Patrick? I mean, he's a you know Peyton oh, yeah. is a beloved figure down there. Yeah, there were tears shed, you know, on Tuesday, uh, no doubt. I mean, there were a lot of people who really kind of uh, you lose Drew Brees one year, and then next year Sean Payton leaves, and it's 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 been tough. You know, a lot of people are kind of hurting this week. This is a tough uh, week for the city of New Orleans in a way. It's almost tougher than when Drew Brees left. Because yeah. it was kind of apparent to everybody that he was kind of at the tail end of, of his right. career. Right. Patrick, um, yeah, go ahead. Patrick, does it does it show, though, that like Peyton may have not thought he could do what he did without Drew Brees? I mean, th- this will go down as probably one of the greatest uh, head coach-quarterback relationships in the history of the NFL. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't really buy that so much. Uh, you saw what, you know, uh, Peyton got out of, uh, Jameis Winston for the first game of the season with a receiving core that was really struggling. Uh, I mean, it, it just, you know, you had offensive line and, and Alvin Kamara, but those receivers were just really bad <laughs> for the first few weeks. It would have been interesting to see Peyton with Jameis Winston, uh, with Michael Thomas out there and, and, and just a healthy receiving core. Uh, and if you had maybe got Mark Ingram on the field a little bit, you know, just get all that group together at, say, midway point of the season, you have those guys to run with, I think the Saints would have put, put up a lot of points. I think I uh, think if been, Winston hadn't been hurt, they'd been in the playoffs. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt, because you go, you go through that stretch where they lose, what, four or five games in a row, right. and there was some tough luck along the way. But if you have Winston on the field, they probably win probably two more games. All right, Patrick, 20 seconds left before we let you go. Is, is Kelly's world going to come crashing down Sunday afternoon when the Bengals play Kansas City? Well, I mean, I, I don't think his world could possibly crash as well as they've played this season. I mean, it's, it's, it would be hard to be disappointed, but I mean, in my expectations, the Chiefs will win in Kansas City as well as uh, Patrick Mahomes played last week. Uh, this, you know, I expect a good ball game, but uh, just it was that that Bills Chiefs game is about as entertaining as it gets, and I think they may have just beaten the second best team in the AFC to get to this point. Well, Patrick Mahomes, I'm going to lay a scoop on everybody. Patrick Mahomes isn't going to finish the game. Capiche? <laughs> hey, he put the jinx on Derrick Henry last week. You better watch out. All Mahomes. right, Patrick. Thanks, buddy. We appreciate you. All right, thanks, guys. Patrick McGee, everybody from Nola.com and. It'd be to go to New Orleans and get one of those voodoo curses before it's too late. He might have an accident before the end of the game. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Back on a Thursday, Eagle Hour continues from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel, Luke Johnson, Bob Getty, Kelly Santer, Kelly John Santer. Appreciate Patrick McGee joining us. Travis Creel earlier. If you missed those interviews, you can check them out later today on demand, supertalk.fm, or on the Eagle Hour podcast found on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. 
The previously mentioned Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. 2 p.m. on Sunday on CBS, and then the NFC Championship following it, 49ers and the Rams. 5.30 on Fox. Both of those games can be watched at our good, with our good friends at 4th Street on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, just across Highway 49 from the University of Southern Mississippi. All right, um, so Tuesday, guys, uh, Lauren passes her test. We're, uh, she picks out a restaurant. We want to eat there. We're eating. She's happy. All these people are FaceTiming and Man, she's you know wishing her congratulations, and she's a nurse practitioner, and just this big sigh of relief. And then I just look down, and I'm like, "Oh snap, Sean Payton has retired." So I, I said, "Lauren, Sean Payton has retired." And dude, for like for like guys for like ten seconds, she forgot what she was in the middle of and what she had just accomplished. And my wife put her head down and just was in shock. Now, thankfully, I was. And then all of a sudden, I realized what was happening. I was like, "I'm sorry. I didn't mean to like ruin, you know, what we're celebrating here." And it was just like my wife. And then she went. She went. But Drew's gone, and now Coach is gone. And it was like what every Saints fan probably felt around lunch on Tuesday. Just thought it was interesting to so my wife react like that. She loves the Saints. Well, one guy that ain't resigning, especially since his wife passed that test, is Luke Johnson. He <laughs> He's got the ticket, baby. <laughs> and he's sitting there waiting for the train yeah. to start back up. <laughs> Lauren's actually listening right now, and she just sent me this text. First Drew with a sad face emoji. I'll just let you know, Sanders. She responds to the gravy train stuff. Anyway, Larry Fedora, the brand-new head coach of the New Orleans Breakers. Now, the USFL wasn't around in, in my lifetime, but you guys were in your mid-40s when it was, so just can bring our listeners in on what the USFL is or was and is now with Larry Fedora, brand-new head coach. It was competitive football, Kelly, and it had some big stars. Bridgie Collier played in it. Steve Young, Herschel Walker. Doug uh, Doug Flutie. Flutie played in it. Yeah. And uh, it was very competitive. And, uh, you know, big crowds at some of the games. I, I hope I hope we see that again. And do you remember one of the owners, the guy who owned the team from New Jersey? Donald Trump. He sure did. Donald and Trump. And Herschel Walker played for him. Yeah, sure did. So yeah. the, the the problem that it's, that it's going to face, first of all, for the first time since Super Bowl one, for the first time since Super Bowl one, two networks are going to simulcast the first USFL game this spring. NBC and Fox are both going to be doing that first game. The NFL is behind, you know, is behind trying to get the USFL to to take root. But you guys both know in spring it's, it's hard. It's really hard because you it's got hard. baseball starting up and locally, yeah. if, if the Eagles are home on the weekend, you're going to be out at the it peak. It doesn't seem like football season. It though. doesn't. And no. and usually with every sport, it has its season. And as much as you love, like, college football, for example, by the time the season's over, you're, you're, kinda, ready. you're ready for it to be over. Right, I agree. Right, what's the next thing? All right, now, I, I'm going to bring this up. I was at Pete Taylor Park uh, today. It's just beautiful, just beautiful. I wasn't at The Rock, but I hear something that strikes my curiosity about The Rock, that you may have gotten a picture of The Rock, the football field, and there's something noticeably missing from the field, Kelly. What is it? What is noticeably missing, Bob, is the Conference USA logo. Hmm. Now, normally would sit between the 30 and 40-yard hmm. lines. Coincidence? Things that make you go, hmm. The fact that hmm. it is now being removed, or is removed now, 
What might be going in that place? You wouldn't think that they would just arbitrarily take the Conference USA logo off. No. If they were returning to Conference USA. No, I wouldn't. But now there's no Sunbelt logo there yet. No. But does this fit into the chronological timeline that we talk about? James Madison has already said in every official capacity that that university can, they are going to the Sun Belt this fall. But And again, there's been no word from Southern Miss that it's going to happen. And this could be just coincidence. But if you start kind of adding up the circumstantial evidence, the reason that Conference USA logo might be gone is because they're going to put something else there. What say you, Luke Johnson? Well, if I say anything about it, I'll get in trouble from our listeners. So I, I dare not say. I'm just kidding. Anyway, yeah, I mean, every everything points to it. I mean, everything does. So, again, to clarify what's going on, and, and really, you know, what you need future kind of a little more, um, you need some of the contractual deals that involve actually them leaving. So we know that if you leave, you know, the, the buyout is not something that Southern Miss pays Conference USA. It is something that Conference USA withholds from Southern Miss, a.k.a. bowl revenue. But in the Conference USA, uh, you know, press release, when, when they actually said something last week, there was the mention of the, quote, contractual obligations through 2022 through 2023. That's what's got to be explored a little more. So it's not just that Southern Miss, by leaving, would pay an exit fee. Would they be breaking a contract on top of leaving the conference whenever? That That's what has to be explored. But I would just remind everybody, you know, going into this, when the Sun Belt approaches Jeremy McLean, he knows what it's going to take to get out of Conference USA, and I guarantee you he knows what it takes if Conference USA sticks it to Southern Miss, which oh, shouldn't knows. happen because of charter membership. And to his response at that initial press conference was, we have a plan, we know what it would take, and we're going to get it done. So I, I, I'm, regardless of what the numbers look like or the details look like, Jeremy knows what he's doing, and you know what he was doing before – any of this hypotheticals that they were all you know real hypotheticals because he knew the ins and outs of them. Our studio flooded today. Maybe we could use that part of the turf here in the studio, Kelly, because it's a pretty damp in here right it's now. A, it's it? available. But here's another here's another thing to think about as to why you don't think that Conference USA is ultimately going to stand in the way. Because if there was any leadership at Conference USA, the very first inkling or the very first wind that Southern Miss, Marshall, and Old Dominion were thinking of leaving, they would have been on that phone, meaning Conference USA would have been on that phone and said, I want to talk to all three of you people, you athletic directors, and I want to ask you, what will it take to have you stay? I mean, I know you're under contract and all that sort of things, but I also understand you have to do what's best for your school. What could we do as a conference to make the offer better than what you've got perhaps going to any other conference, including the Sun Belt. That wasn't done. You have to, in order to be a good leader, you have to perceive a problem before it becomes one and cut it off at the pass before it comes one. And nothing has been done from day one with Conference USA regarding these three teams defecting. Still no word from the meeting this week, so uh, time will tell, and uh, obviously we'll uh, keep you informed. 
I get let the, me let me go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go, go ahead. ahead. Finish because I'm on another subject. So go ahead and finish. No, I'm, I'm actually on another subject too. So go ahead. But I've just I've got the baseball schedule here in my hand, <laughs> and I'm looking at this, guys. And um, on March the second, uh, the team plays Mississippi State, the defending national champion. Then following birthday, that, by the way. My Following that, three games against Louisiana Lafayette, South Alabama, Tulane, three games against Dallas Baptist, Alabama, Florida Atlantic, three games. Now, you would think that it's over after that. But then uh, April the 1st, a three-game set against Louisiana Tech. We know what that'll be like. Following that, a game against Ole Miss. You would think maybe it's over now. But then you go down to May the 3rd, South Alabama and Mobile. We all, we all know about that. Three games against Old Dominion, which is a very good baseball program, and then another game against Ole Miss. Talk about well, what's, challenging. What's the Southern Miss moniker? Anyone, anywhere, anytime. But, and, buddy, but this you, baseball schedule says that. If you go back after the UNA, so before all that starts, you got South Al, and then you got a three game series against Jacksonville State. Right. Right. So the, the Which entire, is not easy. Yeah, right. The entire schedule is is pretty wild. Yeah, you're right. Hey, what I was going to bring up, this is this is really cool. So you mentioned some of the uh, USFL coaches. Do you know who's coaching the Houston Gamblers this year? They're going to be Kevin Sumlin. Kevin Sumlin. Now, how incredible would it be for Larry Fedora <laughs> like of the 2011 Sumlin. Southern Miss Golden Eagles to to play Kevin Sumlin? And the 2011 Houston Cougars for the championship, for yeah, just for. But I mean, you don't even know if it's going to happen. You know this this yeah. uh, kick that this league might again. financially die in week three. <laughs> you know, but I mean, how cool will that be if if those two guys get to play against each other? There's some history there. It'd be good stuff. Here, here's here's one of the things too that's also going to be a problem with the USFL is we're up against a hard break here. All the games this first year are going to be played in Birmingham. Yeah, that's not good. I don't know what sense that we makes. Are, we're working on it, and, and we feel pretty optimistic that we'll have Coach Fedora on the show here in the next couple of days. The new coach of uh, the, the, new new Orleans coach Breakers. Of the New Orleans Breakers. Yeah. Friend of ours, great guy. We look forward to that conversation. All right, we'll wrap up this edition of the Eagle Hour next. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment today, as always, brought to you by D-Bat and D-1 Training in Hattiesburg on Hardy Street. D-Bat on the left, D-1 Training on the right. Get you in the best shape you can. And as always, home of the Luke Johnson, 5240. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty, Kelly Sander from the Southern Bancor Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg, I was giving you all a chance to crack on me like that because it's it's coming up on a year anniversary of uh, of the five two forty, but I just Kelly? guess you. 
didn't want to say anything. Kelly? No, he already had his chance. He has bypassed that. He will work that into a gravy train comment later on. <laughs> yeah, he's Men and women's basketball tonight. <laughs> women on the road out in Denton taking on the Mean Green of North Texas. That game first tip at 6.30. Men tonight in the greenhouse at 7 p.m. hosting North Texas. And uh, just they, they rescheduled the Southern Miss, Marshall, and Western Kentucky games. Uh, the men were uh, – the, the Marshall game is scheduled now for Monday, February the 21st. They had previously rescheduled the Western Kentucky game, and as of today they have rescheduled the reschedule of the Western Kentucky game. Southern Miss men's basketball now will take on Western Kentucky Monday, February the 14th, which is Valentine's Day. Mm. So they will take on uh, Western Kentucky um, at home at 7 p.m. Women also have a reschedule Monday, February the 7th. They will take on UTSA. One of uh, Southern Miss soccer standouts, Elena Escuero, who led the team, in points this year with a team-high seven goals. She is currently working with the Columbia under-20 national team. Columbia is uh, participating in a South American championship that will take place in the country of uh, Chile in uh, April 6th through the 24th. The first and second place teams in that championship will qualify for the 2022 Under-20 Women's World Cup. So one of Southern Miss's own playing soccer at the highest levels in, in U-20. Good so for her. Wish her all the best. Guys? All right. Basketball tonight and then this weekend. Kelly, I, you know, gosh, we're beating a dead horse here, but they just need so badly to win a game, gain some confidence, and try to get this horrible skid stopped. And Heath Hinton reported uh, yesterday on Big Gold Nation that Isaiah Moore did practice yesterday and is projected to to play to, uh, tonight you know against North Texas. Well, that's good news. It is it is good news and let's hope that whatever whatever has been troubling Isaiah um has been has been put to bed and that he can get focused on on playing basketball because clearly that team is better with him in the lineup than without. And as a way of encouraging students to get out to the games cuz you know school just started. This is the first home game since the students have been back from Christmas break. Can you believe that? I mean, it seems like Christmas was six months ago, right? But yet, it also seems like it was just yesterday. First home game since the students have been back, and one of the local, um, shall we say, nightclubs, is uh, if students will bring their student tickets and show that they went to the game tonight, they will get a, a free cover charge tonight. Yeah. So, so the business world trying to you know, encourage people to get out to the game. Well, the business community ought to be supporting the athletic departments sure. here because the athletic departments help the business community one heck of a lot. We've talked about that before. I'm not going to get back up on the soapbox, but uh, certainly businesses need to be supporting uh, the Southern Miss Athletic Department. And as usual, Bob, in the future of the show here, we got you know we're working on getting L Fed uh, right. coach, excuse me, Coach Larry Fedora, L Fed as we right. like to call him around. Jeremy McLean, we're hoping to have on the show, if not next week, the week after, hopefully next week. And we're also we're also efforting. You know, Southern Miss has an institute out there that develops security for big national sporting events. And it's it's really a gem that I'm not sure a lot of people even know exists at Southern Miss. Mm-hmm. But with all of the technology and so on that the bad guys can get a hold of mm-hmm. and potentially cause damage at large sports gatherings, guys at Southern Miss develop defense plans on how to protect people at these large one-day sporting events like the Super Bowl. So we're going to actually kind of go behind the scenes there and show you what Southern Miss is doing to try to protect fans at these one-day sporting events like the Super Bowl. 
And, of course, if Cincinnati happens to be in the Super Bowl, it will no doubt be the top-viewed Super Bowl of all time. Okay, so put Cincinnati out of the picture. That's ridiculous. But put Cincinnati out of the picture for just a minute. You used to just just harp and complain about Tom Brady being in the Super Bowl, the New England Patriots being in the Super Bowl, and how you thought that was hurting viewership. Aren't we getting to the same point with the – Kansas City Chiefs, are you not tired of watching yes. their quarterback run around like he's playing in the backyard? And, you know, I mean, with all due respect to them, obviously they're good, but, man, I'm tired of watching Kansas City. I'm over the Chiefs myself. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and look, Kansas City's probably a better team than Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati's future long-term uh, prospect looks very, very good. But, you know, when it comes down to one game, you know, if one team uh, plays poorly and the other one plays pretty good, you know, you can win. I'm going to tell you, Santer, I was watching the NFL channel last night. And after I got through watching a couple of reports, I really believe right now Cincinnati is one of those teams that's got the it factor, that they're on a roll, they believe in this kid that plays quarterback. I would not be at all surprised to see him beat Kansas City and go to the Super Bowl. That's going to be tough in Kansas City, but who would have thought that they've gotten this far? You know, I, so I won't be on tomorrow. That's right. Luke is out. We'll be at Ramey Motors. Bengals. That's my pick. Yeah. Go Rams. That's my pick. Since Lauren passed her test, Luke has just booked a month cruise of Italy in the Mediterranean. <laughs> First class cabins. The train's going to drop Bengals. him off in New Orleans Go to catch the ship. Go Bengals. Mike afternoon. Thomas. Right. Okay. Well, thank you, Lauren. Bowl. Thank you, Lauren. <laughs> Ramey Motors tomorrow at 1 o'clock until this Southern Miss. To, to the, the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.